all. Um, I, I just want to start with this. Um, I don't know if there are any fans of theme parks in this room. Does anyone enjoy a theme park? A few of you. I used to love them. Um, and then I had small children, and then I went to Legoland in the summer holidays. Now, if anyone has ever experienced that, you'll know what I'm talking about. It is, I mean, it's horrendous. It's horrendous. <laughs> and I love my children, but not that much. Um, <laughs> but back when I was younger, I used to enjoy going to theme parks a lot more, okay? So, um, I remember one highly educational school trip to Alton Towers. For those of you who don't know Alton Towers, it's the largest theme park in the UK. And it had some of the biggest, biggest and scariest, most adrenaline rushed kind of rides in there. Um, and um, I remember we had this, the run of the theme park. I don't think you can do that these days, can you? But, um, and, and for me, it was all about the roller coasters. Have we got any roller coaster fans in the house here? Okay, one or two. Um, so, so there was the corkscrew, which was great. Um, this is going back a few years now. Um, lots of loops and all of this kind of thing. Um, but for me, it was this ride here that you can see behind you, the Thunder Looper. Okay, so this was a ride that was, went over 50 meters high. Um, and it took just two and a half seconds to reach 60 miles an hour. Um, that might not seem like loads, but if I've, I've looked back at a few pictures and videos this week. And let's just say that the health and safety standards weren't quite at the same level as they are now. So I'm relieved it was only 60 miles an hour. So the ride would take you straight up in a loop, upside down, and then up 50 meters high and then back down again through the loop. And I thought it was amazing. You know, it just took about 10, 20 seconds. Um, and me and my friends, we'd queue up back again and again and again. It was brilliant. I love the bars, the speed, the excitement. But these days, I just can't hack it. I'm a little bit less of an adrenaline junkie than I used to be. So a few years ago, we went to Fort Park, our local theme park, um, for Kathy, my wife's 30th birthday. And she went on almost every single ride there. Whereas I, I, I think I went on about one ride. And I can't confirm or deny whether this ride involved teacups or not. I've gone from being, from being a real risk taker to being someone who likes to avoid risk. And I think it's often very similar in our lives and in our faith. You know, perhaps we look back in our past and we remember bravely stepping out into the unknown, sharing our faith with friends and family, maybe praying for someone on a Sunday or in the street, maybe applying for a new job, the job of your dreams, maybe following the things of your heart. Now, C.S. Lewis once said that if you never take risks, you'll never accomplish great things. Everyone does, but not everyone has lived. You know, without taking a risk, we will never become the people we were made to be. You see, Jesus came to give us life to the full. He didn't die on the cross for us simply to do okay in life, to just get by. He came to give us life in abundance, a life full of love, hope, faith, and joy. And you know what? One of, one of the things I love, I love it when people start to live their life in that way. I long for it for each one of us in this room and beyond today. I long to see us stepping out of our comfort zones, reaching for our dreams, being brave and courageous as we encounter people who don't yet know Jesus. 
in our own strength, we are never going to get there. But with the Holy Spirit, we are empowered and enabled to see and do great things. John Wimber, who was the founder of the Vineyard Movement, he always said that faith is spelt R-I-S-K. So this morning, we're going to be continuing our Risk Takers series. If you've not been around these last couple of weeks, you can listen to the talks on our website. Um, But today, we're looking at the book of Joel. So Joel, for those of you that don't know, he was one of the Old Testament prophets. He was writing a few hundred years before Jesus. Now, now for me, these prophets, they were like the original risk takers. They would speak truth to power, to rulers and authorities. They would call people away from a life of sin and towards a life with God, even if it meant losing their head. As we explore this passage together, I'm going to share a few thoughts. And, and some of you may know that, um, that last weekend I visited um, one of our churches, um, our church partners out in Bulgaria. And I just want to share a little bit from that trip. And then we're going to have the opportunity to respond in prayer together. But shall we start by praying before we open up the Bible together? Lord, I, we're just so grateful for your word. Lord, I thank you that it is life-changing. And I want to pray the words that we read today would speak to our hearts. That would speak to us, not just that they're words, but so much more than that, would transform us and change us into the people that you have made us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're just going to read a few verses this morning from Joel um, chapter 2, and we're going to start reading from verse 28. And afterwards... I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. From Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Wow, that's pretty dramatic, isn't it? Let me just take a sip of water. You know, throughout these verses, Joel makes it so clear that God's promise is not just for the few, it's for all. We see that throughout, don't we? So in the past, God has poured out his spirit on kings and prophets and judges, but never women or children, the very young, the very old, or the very ordinary. This is revolutionary. He speaks about a time when all will receive the spirit. Verse 28, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, which would have shocked the people in those days, both men and women. No one is exempt from this promise. All people. That really is extraordinary. You know, the living God pouring out his spirit on all people people. You know, God does not discriminate based on the the highest qualification you've achieved at school. 
your age or the color of your skin, how middle class or working class you are, whether you are male or female, or whether you have a job or not. He doesn't rule you out because you had an argument on the way to church again this morning, or because you didn't even make it to church last week. I mean, you don't even have to understand what's going on here. God promises to pour out his spirit on all people, and all means all. So when? When when is this going to happen, you know? Well, today is Pentecost Sunday. As we've talked about already this morning, it's one of the most important days in the church calendar. So when Jesus ascended back to heaven, he told the disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And at Pentecost, this promise from Joel's prophecy all those years ago was fulfilled. You can read this in Acts 2. You know, when the Holy Spirit came, they were filled with power and even started to speak in different tongues. Most people just assumed they were drunk, but Peter, the same man who had denied even knowing Jesus three times, he stands up full of the Holy Spirit and uses the very words we've just read from Joel to explain what was going on. And in doing so, he demonstrates that God's promise hundreds of years before was being fulfilled right here and then. God was pouring out his spirit on all people. His Holy Spirit was no longer just for the few, it was for everyone. And you know, this is the moment that changed the history of the world as they truly realized that all meant all. You know, one of the things I love about the fulfillment of these verses in Joel that we read about in Acts is how it comes into a multicultural context. In Acts 2, we read that many had gathered from many nations to celebrate in Jerusalem. So when the Holy Spirit came on the early church, they began to speak in the languages of all those gathered in the city. That must have been incredible, yeah? People from across Asia, um, Arabs, people from Rome and Crete, from Libya, Egypt, and many more beyond. And you know, at Riverside Vineyard, we love the diversity that God has given us. Now, over 45 different nations gathering to worship together here in Feltham. Do you realize that every Sunday, we get a little bit of a glimpse of heaven, of all that is to come? Isn't that incredible? All means all. It's one of the reasons we love the partnerships we have around the world. You know, so we're partnering with churches in Kenya, in Nigeria, in France, and in Bulgaria as well. And so, as I said at the beginning, I had the privilege of, of going to Bulgaria last weekend with NASCO. So, Bulgaria is in Eastern Europe, just above Greece and Turkey, and below Romania. And it's a beautiful country. I mean, it's stunning. You've got rivers, mountains, sea. It's got everything. And the food is great as well. And it usually involves some kind of meat served with a side of meat. Um, I think that's fair, isn't it, Nasco? Yeah. <laughs> and at one point, they even decided to rain for me, which definitely made me feel at home. But it's a precarious country still transitioning from its communist past behind the Iron Curtain and trying to find its own identity in a fast-changing world. And for those of you that don't know him, Nasco is part of our church. Um, he and his wife, Tony, they're both originally from Bulgaria, and he heads up our partnership. You can see the rain there. Um, in, with 
two churches out in Bulgaria. I have to say, he's such a great host, and it was really wonderful just spending time with him, to see him in his home environment. Now, when you, um, you spend time with Nasco, you really realize that he carries so much wisdom and humility, and he's clearly so respected and loved by the people of Bulgaria. So we were, even just, you know, even those serving us in restaurants, within a few seconds, they loved him. It's brilliant. So we were based in a town called Plavin, which is in central Bulgaria. Um, And Nasco and Antonia spent many years there. But the two churches we visited were in villages just outside of the town. So we visited one church last Saturday in a place called Rutsi. Have I got the pronunciation? Is that okay? Very good. Um, And the second in Pisaro um, on the Sunday as well. So these were small villages away from the big towns. Now, the first thing I noticed when we went into these churches was that that most of the people had so little to live on. Some had only the clothes that they were wearing um, and took home the leftovers from lunch to see them through the rest of the week. But they were hungry for the word and the presence of God, which was truly humbling. You know, over the years as a church, we've been able to help support these churches in really practical ways. Um, through helping with things like clothing for people in the community, in the church, and with building projects as well. But also by sending people out to support NASCO as he helps, um, helps the church learn how to grow. And a few of us from Riverside have gone out over the last few years. Um, and just to share and to be with the people of these churches and their communities. And NASCO has also been delivering some training and teaching for leaders. You can see him here. Um, Helping them to understand more of what the the vineyard is and helping them to think through how they can lead effectively in that environment. So NASCO continued to do that as I was um, with him last Saturday. Um, But, you know, whilst we were there, I had the privilege of meeting so many people. We, We talked with people. We prayed with people. We ate with people. And both of those churches were so delighted to see us. Now, on both of those mornings, last Saturday and Sunday, we had a church service. We we sang. I I didn't understand a word, but it was amazing. Um, But it was just so good to see people worshipping God together. And then after worshipping, I had the privilege of speaking to both of these churches, uh, fortunately through the help of a a brilliant translator. Um, Now, both of these churches were in many ways different to ours, but what struck me was the presence of God. At the end of each talk, I invited the Holy Spirit to come, and we waited, which we'll do in a bit, which felt like quite a risk in a country. For me, it felt like a huge risk. I didn't know the language, I didn't know the country, but, you know, God is beyond all of that. felt that so strongly. And as we waited for the presence of of God, he fell in both of those rooms. You know, I barely understood a word except what was translated but we saw the Holy Spirit resting on people. We saw tears falling, people healed as we prayed, people responding to the good news of Jesus, saying yes to him. From the very young to the very old, from the rich to the poor, from male to female, God does not discriminate. You know, when God says he will pour out his spirit on all, he really does mean all. And that's what we saw so clearly in these two churches in Bulgaria. And it's what he longs for each of us here today as well. So, think about that. How can we take a risk and 
experience more of God today? You know, it starts by, I think, knowing that God loves all. He loves you and he loves me. For many of us here today, I think we just need to take Jesus at his word. To know that when he says all, he actually includes you. Know that you are loved and that he has good things for you. In Luke, in Luke 11, Jesus tells us that, uh, that when we ask, it will be given to us. When we seek, we will find. When we knock on the door, it will be open to us. God loves to give us good things. And just as a good parent gives good things to their children, even going to Legoland if they really want to, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. There'll be an opportunity to say yes later. But God said to Joel that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not the special ones, but everyone. Or in other words, all. You may have just rocked up here this morning because you had a promise of a free lunch or you thought it was the bingo and walked into the wrong door. You are still not exempt from any of this. God longs to answer your prayer and show you that he is real. If only you let him show you. But it also means them. It means people not like us. It means leavers and remainers. It means Arsenal and Spurs fans. You know, if we want to be real risk takers, we will seek God's presence and press into all that he has for us before giving it away to others. As we receive, so we give. And that all begins in God's presence. So as we worship together each Sunday, or in a small group, or as we start each day, you know, Paul talks in Romans 12 about taking our everyday, ordinary life, our sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and placing it before God as an offering. As we do that, as we encounter his presence in our everyday, and if we want to experience more of him today, we need to take a risk to seek God's presence. When Jesus left the earth and went back to heaven, the disciples he did as he asked them to, to simply wait. And I think many of us, we're pretty shocking at waiting, aren't we? You know, we'd rather hear the soundbite over the, having to read the whole article. You know, who gets frustrated by how long the microwave takes these days? You know, it's, it's like, you know, we're getting so frustrated. You know, what do we want? Don't know. When do we want it? Probably last Friday. If we are willing to take a risk, to wait, to be, to simply be and to receive, he will come. God will pour out his spirit on all of us. Not just 2,000 years ago, but here today. He longs for us all to experience his power and his peace, his goodness and his love. It's the fulfillment of the promise we read about in Joel. I will pour out my spirit on all people that we might go and share that same love with the rest of the world. And you know, as we do that, we should expect to see God's wonders poured out in the world, in, for all. Verse 30 says that he will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. We should expect to see people made well. 
We should expect to see impossible situations turned around. We should expect to see people living the lives they were made to live. That's you and me. That's all of us. Because the power of the living God is alive in us. Christ in us. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that your promise is that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I claim that promise right now. Lord, thank you for loving me and for dying for me. I call on your name now and I choose to turn away from my old life. I choose to say yes to you today. Holy Spirit, come and fill me so I know that you are here. Thank you. 